You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma podcast. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode. Excited to share this episode with you today. But before we do, I've got to thank our sponsors. First of all, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame. They've been a huge part of this podcast for the last few years. So the Oklahoma Hall of Fame have been sharing Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com. And for daily updates, go to Oklahoma HOF on Instagram and give them a follow. Our other sponsor today is the Chickasaw Nation. Now, the Chickasaw Nation have sponsored pretty much everything in Oklahoma. They're a huge supporter of Oklahoma. And it's an honor to have their name and their brand supporting this podcast. So a huge shout out to Governor Anatoby for supporting this podcast. It really means a lot. Our third sponsor is Diffie Ford Lincoln down in El Reno. Now, this one makes me so happy because these guys are great friends of mine, um, play a lot of golf together. I've bought my cars from them. Do most of my oil changes down there, have a cup of coffee, hang out down in El Reno. It's a good spot to go. And not only are they great friends, but they provide a great service. So for over 60 years, a third generation family owned Oklahoma business down in El Reno. They're also in Bethany as well. So people in the Bethany area know the Diffies really well. But if you're looking for anything new used, um, Ford, Lincoln, or whatever, I'm sure they could find anything you want. Um, check them out, diffieford.net, and then on Instagram at diffiefordlincoln. And let's get into today's episode. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode. Uh, you are going to be very hungry after this episode, um, but you are not going to be disappointed when you go to the website and order yourself some of the best chocolate in Oklahoma. Today, I am at Bedre Chocolates. You've probably driven by it many times heading south on I-35. Um, you know, this wonderful brand new facility, which looks really brand new, but I'm sure you've been in here a while, which we'll hear about today. But come and stop in. Maybe you have already. But today, I am going to hear from uh, General Manager and Chocolatier Kay Colbert uh, all about Bedre Chocolate and about... Um, the, the job that you've been doing. It seems like you've been here a while after, you know, chatting to you a little bit briefly before we started recording. Um, super excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for setting this up. And uh, I guess, I mean, do you struggle to not eat chocolate every day? Like that must be the hardest thing to come in, coming to work every day at a chocolate factory. It's like, which flavor do I try today? <laughs> you know, uh, people think that and, and some people ask that question. Actually, what's really funny is I... And this was only a few weeks ago. I was out getting a hamburger, and I was thinking, wow, I, you know, I could really use something sweet. And then it dawned on me, I, I work in a chocolate factory. I mean, like, um, we we really pace ourselves. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're around it every day. Uh, but, yeah, there are times when you, it'll hit you, and it's like, you know what? I've got to have a piece of chocolate. It doesn't happen. It's not every day. You know, you don't really want to eat it every day. Mm-hmm. But you have those moments when, yeah, I got to have a piece of chocolate. And then the retail store is what, only, you know, so many feet away, and all you have to do is walk up there and say, yeah, let me have a lot of chocolate. Yeah, well, and, and the good thing is, too, is that, you know, it's just, it's a sample size, right? Yes. It's just a little bite. You don't have right. to indulge and have an entire bag every day. Right. Um, you know, I'm sure people do. That's fine. But it's nice to be like, okay, I'll just, you know, just one to keep me sane. Because yes. it's amazing how good chocolate makes you feel. Yes. And that and that's really how it is. I mean, I can go weeks without, you know, really having any chocolate. And it's, it, it keeps it special too. You know, I mean, it, it's like anything you do. If you overindulge in something, it's not special anymore. Yeah. So you try to you know, keep your pace so that it's always special. Mm-hmm. So diving into you a little bit, what's kind of your story and how does that, you know, revolve around, you know, Bedray chocolate and the position that you're in today? Well, I, uh, well, I've worked for the Chickasaw nation for quite a while. In fact, I just got my 20 year, um, recognition last week. So that's always exciting. Um, but you know, uh, not all of those years have been in with Bedre, but a, a good portion, I'd say at least half of that. Um, we're probably into at least 10 years now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, yeah, it's de- Bedre is definitely just, it's part of my adult working career. And um, I have a culinary background, but I also have a PR 
sales marketing background. So it, it all it all fits really well. Yeah, those two go perfect yes. together, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the business you're in today. What um, do you grow up in the area? Do I? Did you grow up in the area? We do. You, did you grow up? Oh yeah, I'm. I'm. I grew up in Oklahoma, and I mean, I've lived in different states. Um, mm. You know, in Texas and Florida and Tennessee and South Carolina. So yeah, I've yeah been around, but. Did you think growing up that you were going to be, you know, general manager of a chocolate factory one day? You mentioned the culinary background. Was that like an early on kind of a goal of I want to be in the culinary industry and in the, the food and beverage industry? Um, it it turned into that when I went to culinary school, and I had to really think about that when I started culinary school. So I was in Florida at the time in Miami, and because I, I love cooking, obviously. And I, it's kind of like eating the chocolate. I thought, you know, I love cooking. Going to school, is it going to make it more of a job? And then it's not as pleasurable as it is just, you know, being a cook. Um, but actually, it it was an amazing education because it, it gave me that that background for really any type of food industry that I wanted to pursue uh, because... Uh, and this was Johnson & Wells, which I think is an absolutely wonderful culinary school, uh, because they give you a really good basic core, you know, education. And it's not like people think, oh, well, you're going to learn all these recipes. No, it's not really about the recipe. It's about the basics of what cooking means and learning, uh, you know, cooking you know, process and procedures from all over the world. We had chefs from all over the world that were our teachers, you know. So it was an amazing experience. I mean, I just loved it. So when I came back to Oklahoma, um, the original owner, I worked for him for couple of years then I went back to work for the Chickasaw Nation which is I'm Chickasaw and that's my tribe and I love them and you know I like being you know part of you know the culture that I grew up in uh, to work in that it's very rewarding and the chocolate factory just kind of turned into something that Governor Anatubby wanted um, he saw it was a probably the first business that really would expand um, you know, our business, you know, background. And we were just really happy to, you know, be able to purchase it from the original owner. He was an oil man and he, he started it and probably took it as far as he really wanted to go. I think he was close, getting closer to retirement really. And, um, and he chose the perfect people to want to sell it to because we've taken it and expanded it and, brought it to where it is today yeah well and and i'm sure like kind of kept the true mission too right kept the true meaning of you know that as a seller of a business the last thing you want to see is someone just take it on and change what it what it right. made it what it was right and i think you guys have done a great job of keeping that you know that culture and, and that you know and it but implementing your values into it as well Back to Johnson and Wales. What was the plan after you graduated? Where did you go after that with your degree in? Well, I really was looking at. um, uh, I really didn't know, to be honest with you. I just—it's just something that I loved, and um, I really thought it would be more into catering. Mm -hmm. When I came back to Oklahoma, I was looking at. I wanted to continue maybe working in different different industries, and believe it or not, I was actually looking at, um, you know, uh, you know, meatpacking places. You know, mm-hmm. unfortunately, calling it slaughterhouses, but I mean, I wanted to see that process. Beef industry, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the time I got back, you know, most of the smaller companies around that did that, they had all been kind of moved into larger companies so they weren't really around and it was actually my brother that said you know we got a chocolate company and I'm like you're kidding really you have a chocolate company in Ada Oklahoma he said yeah so I went and talked to the owner and he was like you know I think he hired me like right on the spot so um it it was an experience I mean I I got to work with him and, and his vision and then you know uh when it came back around for us to have the opportunity to buy it um, you know, governor was very excited about it, and and that was the excitement that we could take a product like chocolate and manufacture it and and bring it to where it is today. And there's so many more levels of this business that I think we'll reach. Mm-hmm. 
you know, in the future. So it's exciting. Yeah. So, you know, you probably, you have the fortunate kind of position that you were there before it was purchased by the Chickasaw Nation, right? So, and you yeah. get, you know, you know the original owner and get to see that. Um, what, what was that like? What was that process like of, you know, going through that and also being, you know, Chickasaw Nation is your tribe and, and just that whole, it, it's just come all comes together, right? Like you probably couldn't have thought about this in any better way. No, it's, um, it, it, it's sometimes you look at life and you think, well, things happen the way they're supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's really how it was. And it, it wasn't, it was my background, my experience with Bedre, but you know, it, it became such a, um, huge part of the tribe and when you look at even our packaging for example and I know it's probably something you'd ask later but it kind of works here Um, when we started redesigning all of our packaging you know our basis is to look at the culture and our artists and and while we didn't draw on any one particular you know artist we did look at you know what was the feel of the designs and and so we incorporated that into all these new designs that you see in the packaging. And it, it's just so, uh, just, it's, it's like it just works with our culture, mm-hmm. you know. And I could go into the spiel about, and I do often, about how we've actually taken chocolate back from Europe and brought it back and saying, you know, chocolate really originated in the Americas and Europe kind of took it and added milk and sugar. But yeah. we're going to claim it. We claim it back to be part of the Americas, you know. So you can. We got time. I want to yeah. hear that story. Because <laughs> a lot of people, you know, I, I, I'm from the UK, right? So I grew up, you know, and I remember, you know, going to the Cadbury factory, right, in the middle of England and, you know, going there. And then I think we'd go there for Christmas maybe as, as like a kid's tour. And then you'd get like a, you know, you'd get a, a gift box to go away home you know, away with and home with. And it was obviously all varieties of chocolate in it. Um, I think, you know, you can do those tours. I don't know if this factory, the same factory is still there. I just remember as a kid. But, you know, you come over here and, 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 and I'd go and eat, you know, chocolate off the shelf or whatever, and, and it would never taste the same because the milk's different, right? And, you know, there's so many things, different things that make chocolate great. And you, like you mentioned, you know, you go to Europe and there's even more milk in it and all of that creamy kind of, tastes it's a lot different and you know a lot of people do say right the best chocolate comes from you know belgium or, so they or say so they say right <laughs> um but you know it's i i don't know the history of it so i please dive into it because i'd love to know because i mean the tra- you i'm reading you know ancient tradition modern flavor that's you know well it goes back a long time our our adoption of the history with chocolate is yeah, there is that that level, that stage of perfection with you know Europeans taking and adding the sugar and uh, and all the design and everything. When you go back to the Mayan uh, culture, that's where uh, and I have visited um, you know Mexico and the Mayan history with chocolate making and all that, and it it just amazed me how much it reminded me of my own tribe because of our culture. I mean, you have the food, the dance, the, um, you know, just just the way of life, and it, it, it so mimicked each other, mm-hmm. and it felt so much like home, honestly. Um, and, you know, chocolate was a, a trade good back in the Mayan days, and so it's, it only stands to reason, I, we would say, is, you know, you can see how chocolate would have traveled up through Mexico and continue to be a, mm-hmm. a trade good. Yeah. So, I yeah. We won't dive into it because I could talk about it forever, but I've just watched a, a Netflix documentary called Ancient Apocalypse with a guy from the UK, his name's Graham Hancock, and he dives into, and he has this theory that, you know, there was a lost civilization, that, you know, hundreds of thousands of years ago, um, and the ancient, you know, and technology and all this stuff, and dives into all the pyramids, and it's, it is fascinating, it is kind of can be very tinfoil hat you know you, you get in the, in the weeds but you're right though when you go back and you talk about trades and, and chocolate it's you know now we see it as gifts right you know you usually give someone chocolate for all sorts of reasons but yeah I mean everything was a trade back then right there's a lot more trades done 
Right. Yeah. And if you visit the Mayan um, uh, museums on chocolate in Mexico, I mean, they actually have a whole section where they'll, they'll show you how many chocolate beans you could trade to get a rabbit, how many chocolate beans you could trade to get, you know, other things. So um, that was really, uh, it, it was amazing to see. But I also got to, you know, visit a chocolate um, or a cocoa tree plantation. Mm-hmm. Um, now, our chocolate, it, it is, a, we have a sustainability program with our chocolate. Um, it, it comes from South Africa. So we'll never get away from our European connection with sure. chocolate. Um, but we can't grow cocoa trees here. Yeah. You know, so we have to get it from Thanks somewhere. For Oklahoma weather. Yeah. <laughs> so we have to get it somewhere, you know, south of the equator. And, yeah. Um, so, but the company that we um, buy our chocolate from, um, their sustainability program is second to none, I think. Yeah. Um, they uh, are very involved with the farming communities and you know we pay a higher price for it so so the farmers can get additional you know bonuses in addition to getting you know more than a fair wage um, yeah. so we're really happy with that program and as we launch this sustainability I don't, that may be yeah. further what you were going to ask but as we launch sustainability more for the public to know about mm-hmm. um, uh, they're going to be able to see more of those farming communities and, and yeah. we're going to feature different people. And um, yeah, it's going to be really exciting. Yeah. Is that then for people who are just completely unaware and probably isn't at the front of their minds when they think of chocolate and Bedre, is sustainability quite an issue then in the industry, just in, in a whole? Chocolate well, industry? It's, it's becoming more and more of an industry. Yeah. I mean, I, I, we switched back in 2017 just because, you know, chocolate, if you just bought chocolate, uh, and you can buy it at a much lower price, but it's, it's sore, it, you don't really know where it's sourced. So what they do is they'll bring chocolate to the market and you'll have a certain flavor, I guess, but it, it could be chocolate beans from all over the place. So you don't really have any connection back to the farming community. Mm -hmm. So now we do. We know the chocolate is coming from these specific farms. We know we're contributing to uh, their ability to uh, stay and keep their culture in place with, you know, chocolate growing. The company that we buy our chocolate from also helps them with farming techniques, you know, new things like that. All these bonuses that they get, you know, they help them build, you know, hospitals and put in water systems. And so you've got that part, which is the social part, but you also have the benefit of um, better growing techniques to save, you know, water use, to save on, you know, well, just promoting growth and, you know, Earth Day and trees and water. So it just... It all kind of comes together. It's exactly where we want to be. Yeah. You know, if we're going to make a product, we want to know that we have. Yeah. Well, we ma- have that in place. It, it makes sense. Like when you when you talk about agriculture and sustainability, and you know, not just wasting the land once, right? You want to keep right. reusing the land and be stewards of the land. And you know, and when you when you mention it like that, it does make a lot of sense. And people probably don't think when they get their chocolate that you know it's come, you know, from South Africa, right? They don't, they just think, no, this is just chocolate that I got from down the street. Right. right? <laughs> yeah. like with most of the things that we consume, not just chocolate. Um, right. Back to, back to kind of just, you know, where you were working with the business and, and when the nation bought the business, what was the vision then? What were those talks like? I mean, that's an exciting time to be a part of, you know, a, a new journey, right? A new process. And, and when, you know, someone like, the nation comes in who has been very good at business for a long time, you know, and comes in with a vision that says, you know, we're going to do this. That's like launched, you're almost launching a new business again, right? That's super exciting. So I'm interested to hear those kind of stories and how that whole process went. And then, you know, moving to this new facility, which, you know, is outstanding. Um, you know, it, I don't think that there was a, a grand idea other than starting a new Industry that that uh, the tribe hadn't been in yet, um, but it made sense because you know the tribe is good at business and we have all the resources. And I think that's probably the big thing is the tribe had the resources to bring this, you know, 
to a position where this company could grow as a chocolate manufacturer. And yeah, I mean, it's been years in developing and, you know, um, this building is a good indication of, you know, where they've come from Ada when it was in a small location, um, smaller plant, um, not anything like it is today. So it, it was a step-by-step, -step, you know, build out. And I think from that time that we bought it, I think it, mostly it was just uh, acquiring this company. And from that point on, you know, it's really the sky's the limit. Yeah. Yeah. Because cho chocolate goes with a lot of things. Right? right. I mean, who doesn't love chocolate? Okay. Somebody might not love yeah. chocolate, but it's going to be very few people. Yeah. When you move to kind of, and you put your, you know, you, you, you put your PR brain on, right? You put your PR hat on and you think about how creative you guys can get with, you know, not just new technologies and new processes with the chocolate, but, you know, all of these products that, that go great with chocolate. That's a very exciting conversation, right? Uh, that conversation, we have more um, ideas than we have time yeah. to do, to be honest with you. I mean, it's, you know, stuff comes up all the time. Products that we can make, and we've made um, a lot of different products. Uh you know, manufacturing anything, but in particular chocolate, uh, you know, the equipment you have will dictate probably what, you know, the perimeters of what you can do. And right now we are investing in more equipment and it's going to expand our ability to make more things. That's probably the first big step to the company really taking off and growing in other directions. Um but we still have our handcrafted and our enrobing side, which is very popular. And that's where we've done some amazing product that we never could actually bring, you know, to the public in that way. Um, some of it would just be a little too labor intensive. But if you could try some of those products, it's like, oh, my gosh, if we could just figure out how to get this done, it would be amazing. Yeah. So we never run out of ideas yeah, that that's the that's the the beauty of working here, right? It's like, look at what we did in the lab today, right? Look at what we did yeah. in kind of the back room that we came up with this idea, and the chocolatiers back there are, are working their magic, and you know, it, but you can't make it mass produced because it doesn't make sense yet, right? Because right. either you don't have the the, the the technology, or you don't have the you know the machines to do it, right? But you know it's possible, which is a tease, and you know it's it's tough at that point, right? Yeah, that, that's probably the toughest thing is knowing that we have these really great products that we can't really launch yet, and that's probably a good point is that to say that we can't do it yet, not that we won't do it, but all those things are still on our list. Yeah. I mean, they may just carry over year to year, but some of them do start to you know hit a little bit higher up on the you know the idea you know, chain, yeah. and then it, eventually it, they'll come out. Yeah, that, that makes you want to come to work every day, right? Because yeah. Well, and also you know that, like, you, you know that there's a direction, right? You know that there's a vision and there is, you know, we, we, we can make these products, but we can't make them yet. So it always gives you something to work towards rather than just coming in and saying, okay, we're going to do, you know, these pieces today because we've always done these pieces. Like you're always thinking. Yeah, and, well, and it does. I mean, I, we always have to be five years ahead in our brain, yeah. you know, because it's, it's like what we do today, um, we're looking at how, how are we going to incorporate that? You know, anytime you launch a new product, um, you know, we just launched all the, the different uh, chocolate flavors with um, nuts and, you know, whether it's pecans or almonds or cashews, and we're even doing pistachio and cranberry. And um, we've had those in the candy care, chocolate case in the retail store for years. Uh, but we just finally got them in bags so you can buy your favorite, you know, you know, chocolate bark online. Yeah. Um, so that stuff is always there and we just, we will get to it. Yeah. Uh, but it, it takes a while. It takes a good year to launch a new product, sometimes longer than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's the tough part, right? Because you know you've got to be super super patient. Because yes. you know in your head you're like 
the world needs this. This is going to dominate as a product. This is going to be really successful, but it's not ready yet, you know? Or, yes. or the chocolate's ready, but everything else isn't ready for us to launch it the right, right way. And that's Yeah, that, that's frustrating because, yeah. like I said, I, you know, there's things that we've wanted to do that we're, it's still there. It's on the list. You mentioned, um, you know, like being five years ahead and, and planning towards that and, you know, that's if you're already if you're consistently growing as well you know you i assume in 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 the the chocolate industry and in in the manufacturing industry i think in general is you get capped right and the size of location and and technology and the 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 machines that you have and you've sort of got to take a step back shut down invest in everything so the balance sheet doesn't look good for a few months because you've been shut but then when you reopen with maybe a double the size of the facility, mm-hmm. it's full steam ahead, right? And those jumps, you know, every three to five years or maybe longer, the significant jumps, the growth scale doesn't just look like it's skyrocketing to the sky. It's like up flat, maybe down a little bit and then back up a lot, right? Mm-hmm. That's the tough part about being a general manager and being planning towards that because you've obviously still got to be profitable, but right. shutting down is a scary thing to do as well. Yes, um, everything everything we do on, on the backside takes a lot of planning. I mean, whether it's launching a new product, it's packaging, it's you know uh, getting new equipment, or it's making sure that current equipment's running, making sure that contracts work. You know, with raw product that we have to use, it's uh, there's a lot of moving parts in the background, and um, and you're right. I mean, we're because we're in, in the middle of trying to launch, you know, bringing in new equipment and installation, you know, we're, we're having to judge, you know, that time frame. you know, of course, you know, supply chains have been rough because, you know, you can have a whole project waiting on one piece of machinery or one piece of electrical equipment that you can't really get, which that's kind of where we are now. So now we're pushing months into the summer, which is still a good time for us to, you know, do an install, but that's windows quickly closing because after July or when July rolls around, we're looking at Christmas and we're trying to, you know, push our production to, you know, get everything for Christmas. So that's out. I mean, we can't do anything when the Christmas season really hits. And we're always in Christmas for the most part. As soon as Christmas is over in January, we start talking about Christmas for next year. And it literally takes that long to get things together. And really, you know, and that's saying that most companies are, are really two years out. So, you know, we keep getting further and further earlier every year, but, you know, we need to start probably even the fall before for the following Christmas so it's a lot of forecasting it is right and is it um as far as you know you like busy times and not so busy times is generally the warm like the summer months not that busy for sales side but also because you're planning you're always you're always busy but as far as like product wise and like you know sales wise is it just busier during the fall and colder months for chocolate or doesn't it matter well, uh, you know, Christmas, well, Christmas is a big season for, you know, yeah. all companies really that are, that are retail, especially in candy. I mean, uh, because that's the big gifting season. But, you know, we have the wholesale side. The wholesale side, you know, because they're really picking up with new accounts, um, that's keeping us busy all, through, all, all year long. So we have to adjust you know, our regular wholesale accounts. And of course, because they're wholesale and they're retailing during the holiday season, their, you know, their sales are going up during that time because that's just a huge retail market. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's, um, I, I don't, I don't know that we have a slow time anymore. I mean, yeah. we used to, but, uh, most everybody here feels like that. No, there is no slow time. Yeah. It's just like, one thing after another. Just keep planning ahead. <laughs> Just keep and planning, ahead. <laughs> planning and adjusting and yeah. replanning. And that's we're used to that. Yeah, you mentioned the whole side, wholesale side of the business. Um, you know, most people will buy Bedry chocolate um, either at the Hall of Fame or made in Oklahoma stores or, or grocery stores and stuff like that. Um, outside of Oklahoma, what's it look like with Bedry chocolate and distribution and how you know your kind of reach across you know the continent, the continental U.S. Well, we have, um, 
You know, we have a department store that uh, actually we have a department store, pretty well-known brand that we've been uh, working with for the last 35, 40 years. I mean, since Bedray first started and they've been, you know, a solid, you know, gifting um, private label company for all these years. We've added more private label, and we're really developing kind of across the southern part of the United States into Florida. Florida is picking up with more account interest that we're working on right now. So I could see us easily having a leg from here to Florida. Yeah. I don't know why in Florida, but we just seem to have a big interest in accounts. And we have some other different type accounts that are not just retail. we have one group that did that they buy the chocolate and it goes into the um, chocolate um, uh, boards that they make. Um, so it's it's a little bit different. So they just buy it in bulk and then they break it up and they put it in their yeah. uh, gourmet food boxes. Do you do um, any collaborations? Like, what does that look like? And and with your kind of PR side of you know of, of just the brain, you think. Is there anything that you haven't done yet that you would love to do? Well, uh, we're building out our um, our home cook concept mm-hmm. because we also sell our chocolate, you know, in bags so you can take it home. So yeah. the home cook or anyone who's doing um, catering, that sort of thing. Uh, so we're really concentrating on developing recipes so people can see how to use the chocolate. Our chocolate is not, it's not a powder, so you have to melt it mm-hmm. and incorporate it into recipes. But, it, you know, it's maybe an extra step or two. But we really like the idea that if they like our chocolate, they can actually go home and make recipes with it, make cakes and pies and just, you know, we sell fondue pots, you know, so you can melt it and dip your own strawberries or vegetables or whatever you know i told the people listening they were going to get hungry and i'm sure 30 minutes in if you're not hungry right now then you will be after you talk about different strawberries into fondue because that is gosh tough to beat isn't it yeah we'd like to see you know and and that's part of our probably social media campaign eventually is we're gonna try to work the that whole recipe build out of what yeah. people are doing and and it's really surprising how they're incorporating chocolate in, in a lot of ways um, so we want to try to feature, you know, mm-hmm. the home chef, you might say. Yeah. Um, so that'll be coming. Um, you know, other than adding new products, I think that we're probably looking at uh, concentrating a lot more on our sustainability story. Sure. And featuring that in the background. Yeah, I mean, it's a huge part of your business, right? And right. And, you know, it's not just... We're not just here to make money and sell chocolate. You know, we're here to make the world a better place and enjoy chocolate. And we right? want everybody to feel good about saying, hey, I know that, you know, this chocolate is, mm-hmm. you know, the farmers are well paid and they're being helped and they've got bonuses. And, and I can go online and, and see, you know, the water towers and the water systems that they're getting and and the schools and the and the programs for the schools. Yeah. Uh, kids are, you know, the there's bonuses that go to teachers, you know, for teaching and the kids get backpacks. And so it's really, it's nice. And we want to be able to transfer that so everybody gets to see it. Yeah. You mentioned a little bit ago about recipes and stuff that people can buy the chocolate and melt it and add it to recipes. You've got a great recipe link on the website too. So if anyone's listening, go to that and and you can see, you know, cakes and all that things. Right. We have a recipe section on the website. You can click on and you know, download the recipe and it's got the picture and everything. Yeah. And we're looking to adding a whole lot more before um, the holiday season mm-hmm. comes. So. And you mentioned, before we started recording, you mentioned that there is a new website in the works, which, again, isn't an easy undertaking, but it's coming at some point. No, it's exciting. I mean, we, you know, we want our, you know, customers to have a good experience on our website. And um, I, I think probably everybody feels like, oh, hey, if, if our website could do this and do that. But now we have the chance to actually sit down and take all those ideas and 
customer information where they've said, hey, listen, you know, I, you know, I can't find this. Why am I having trouble finding this or whatever? So we're going to take all those ideas and we've kind of worked them up into a list of, hey, this is what we want the site to do. Um, so that's really exciting and it'll, it'll take some time, but it'll be worth it. It'll be worth it. Yeah. Well, back to your kind of, you know, culinary and love for, you know, cooking and, and not making it a job. What is it, you know, what does it look like when you do decide to put the culinary hat back on and, and you take one of these chocolate, you know, bags of chocolate back home and what are you making? Do you have a favorite? Does, do you have a, uh, a staple that you make for every certain holiday or, I mean, what does that look like in, in the kitchen back home? Well, um, chocolate cake yeah. is a big popular, you know, request. Mm-hmm. Um, Everybody in the family just loves the chocolate. Everybody has a certain, like, my husband likes this, my daughter likes this, uh, son likes this. And so, you know, I try to keep them supplied with chocolate. I forget a lot of times when I have to go to meetings and things because we're around it all the time. I forget to take it with me, actually. And, And the first question is, didn't you bring any chocolate? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I completely forgot to bring chocolate. Um, so I try to remember to do that. Uh, during the summer, it's kind of hard to drive around with chocolate because it does get really hot. But um, I try to remember to do that. Mm-hmm. But we do a lot of gifting, too, when it comes to um, helping people with fundraisers and things. I know that's probably getting off topic. Back to my home experience. Uh, what's really... and It's, it's just... I sometimes forget how good our chocolate is. I don't know if that's possible, but I can be home melting chocolate to make something and, you know, you stick your finger in there and you, and it's yeah. like, oh my God, this is like so good. And, and I've done that so many times. Like, why does that keep surprising me? It's not a surprise. The chocolate is good. Mm-hmm. You know, it's amazing. And I don't know. Yeah. It's just me, I guess, but I just like, okay, why, why does that surprise me? Yeah. You're desensitized to it because you're around it all the time. I, I guess right? it's like what you it have is. the standard now of like, this is the best chocolate, you know, yeah. it's so good because it is. And then you go, you know, like I said, you go a while without trying it or you taste it and then you get that reminder again, like, oh yeah, I, we are really good at what we do. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you know? But, uh, and, and I think that, um, it, it does create a different standard for you. It, like our chocolate is the, the base of everything that that any other chocolate that you get is the standard ours is ours is a standard does it measure up to our chocolate and most of the time i don't think we've ever had any that does so yeah and the good thing is you can keep kind of testing other people's product right like you know and we do you have to stay competitive and you have to you know this is very kind of competitive industry that you're in and you know Yes, you're going to have those those people who are brand loyal to Bedray. But reality is there's, you know, it's very easy to just go into a gas station and pick up something else, isn't it? And that's, mm-hmm. you know, you as a as a con- consumer, you have that luxury, but then as a, you know, a manufacturer and someone who's in your position, you have to constantly keep evolving and moving and, you know, producing the best chocolate you can, which seems like you do a great job of it. Well, it's we're definitely very proud of the quality of our chocolate and when you talk about the culture you know we were talking about before um you know with our tribe and and being having that connection to chocolate with the mayan history and and the whole south america you know uh where cocoa trees originated um there's just a, a sense of uh it, it makes sense that as a tribe, we make chocolate because as a tribe, you know, we have a history of being close to growing food, making food, and it just all blends in perfectly together. Yeah, it's great. Uh, and I, I have to say that, and I feel sorry for every other chocolate company because they don't have that. So we're the only ones that have that connection connection to say I get this 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 like works perfect with who we are I mean it's like we have a a starting point yeah well uh, yeah starting point and something that's kind of roots you in this is what we do and why we do it yeah and it fits our culture yeah you mentioned a little bit ago you know talking about gifting and and kind of you know gifting to 
education programs, health programs, and it's something that's on the website as well. Tell me a little bit more about that. What does that look like in helping people raise money, you know, through gifting chocolate and stuff like that? Well, we don't do fundraisers, but we do a lot of um, um, donations for people that are having whether it's auctions or they're raising money for schools or whatever. We do a lot of that because we don't do a lot of outside advertising other than our social media and website and some local stuff. But um, we just feel like that if we're going to help communities and help our schools and help, um, but we're also promoting our chocolate. It's kind of like if you like our chocolate, if you try it, you're going to like it. Uh, and chances are you're just going to come back and buy more. So that works out well for us. And um, another part, well, another part of the new site that you'll see on the website is we want to have a whole education section for teachers. Uh, we do get a lot of requests, you know, from schools and students, and they'll ask, I'm working on a paper, or I'm, I have a class on cocoa trees or a, so we want to build out a really great curriculum so that teachers could go to the website and download information about you know cocoa trees chocolate about us about sustainability and they can use it in the classroom or maybe students can use it when they're writing papers so yeah. we'd like to be a really great resource for you know teachers yeah. and that sort of thing do you, do you have people reach out to you i know you guys don't do um you know tours specifically to, to the factory and stuff, but when you come into the store, everything's glass so they can see people making chocolate, which is perfect. So you don't have to worry about, you know, all those food standards and taking people around and putting people yeah. in paper hats and all of that nonsense, right? Um, do But do you have, like, do you have any connection with culinary schools or people reach out saying, hey, like, you know, if someone's listening that thinks, you know what, I want to get into the, to the culinary business and I want to make chocolate, is there like a, a you know, like a, a school side of things that are tied to, you know, maybe your culinary school, like back where you're in Johnson and Wales? Like, is there anything that side to if someone really wants to get into the profession of being a chocolatier and working maybe here, they don't have to go somewhere else, they could come here? Um, I, we really haven't developed that channel, mm -hmm. you know, as of now, but I think having our uh, recipes online, having, you know, our education page, um, you know, for the history of chocolate, you know, everybody that's in the food business or foodies that they used to be called, mm -hmm. uh, you know, anybody who's into food, it's not just the food itself, but you, you really want to dive into the background of it. You really want to know where is it coming from and and so I think that's where we could help. You know, people get excited about chocolate and, and just understand where it's coming from and um, how to work with it. Um, we'll have more videos and things. When you're working with, you know, pure chocolate, it's just a little delicate because it has to be tempered at a certain degree and to be able to mold and mm -hmm. things like that. So, yeah. and we'll probably have some more... Uh, products that we can put online so people can um, melt the chocolate and make some molded chocolate at home. So we mm. want to do that eventually. Yeah, the, the artistry side of, you know, cake making or, you know, some of the things you see people make cakes into. And you're like, <laughs> how is that edible? And they're like, no, it's a cake and it's chocolate and all, you know. Um, I saw the other day, I think probably on, on Instagram or something, somebody made like a fully working fire hydrant out of chocolate. And yeah. they opened it up and milk came out of it. And I'm like, this is incredible. Like, how do you do that? Right. Like that's what, you know, that's the creative side of things that, yes. you know, when, when, when the, when the factory shut to the public, the guy, the chocolatiers are like, okay, now we can have some fun and we can make whatever we want to make back here. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of been on our list, uh, you know, is how can we, uh, do some sculpting mm -hmm. out of chocolate? Um, it's on the list. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Cause then, you know, you, it, you it's going to take some time. Make, you make a replica of the warrior that's right outside. Yes. You know, out of that chocolate. actually has been talked yeah. about. Little, and and it's, they could be little, you know, six inch type figures or they could be six feet type chocolate figures. Yeah. That would be really cool to do that. It would be. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the exciting side of, you know, you probably forget sometimes like, okay, we actually got to run a business here, but part of us wants to just forget about the business right now and actually be creative. And sculpt but, something out of chocolate. Yes. Yeah. 
Uh, that that would be awesome. Um, is there anything that what, what not is there anything? What's the biggest misconception about bedray chocolate or just chocolate in general that people might not get or people are surprised about when they come down here? Well, uh, probably um, probably the history of chocolate. I think where where does chocolate come from? Um, you know, what does a cocoa tree look like? What does a cocoa pod look like? Um, it's interesting to note, and it was always surprising to me that, you know, when I went to Mexico and, and actually got to see a cocoa pod, when it gets split open and uh, the middle of it is white, it has little nodule, nodules um, in it, and, you know, you can pull it out and there it's kind of like a fruit tree. Uh, but you can taste one. Without, that's without it being fermented and, and developed into a cocoa bean, you know, before it gets to that stage. But it tastes like pineapple. Really? Yeah. I mean, I, I actually was able to get one back in my management team, and um, we were able, to, I was able for them to try it, and it, it was amazing. But, yeah, it, it tasted like pineapple. Wow. So, um Probably things like that. It just really knowing more about a cocoa tree. And as we put more of this information on our website, that's to me what's going to really be exciting. So people can learn about how, how is cocoa made? Yeah. You know, I mean, yes, you have to get it off the tree, and but, you know, there's a fermenting process, and then there's a, you know, how do you get it from the bean, and then how do you separate the bean and the cocoa butter, and then you bring it back together later. And, yeah, it's a... It's a long process. It's a science, right? Yeah. It is a real science. Uh, finishing up, I know you know we've talked about you forecasting as far into the future as you can. What are you excited about, other than new website and you know new um, you know equipment coming in that electrical we're waiting on? Right? It sounds like I I think that um, our installation of new machinery is is going to be really exciting. It it's going to. Uh, increase our capacity probably tenfold. Um, and that's really going to be exciting. It's it's just a more advanced machine. It has dual cooling units so that we can run a chocolate coating as well as a, a pure chocolate product on there. Um, we'll have more molds. You know, we don't, a lot of holidays, we don't have as many molds as we like, like make more bunnies and more, you know, Christmas trees and more Santas. And so it's just going to really expand that offering. And, and that's where we'll be able to hit more wholesale side, more retail stores, you know, mom and pop stores, boutiques, and they can have all these different choices of things that we'll be able to do. That part is just really exciting. And then beyond that, I mean, I just, I really see this company just growing by leaps and bounds, honestly. I mean, yeah, we're going to outgrow this building. Well, we're probably close to outgrowing the building now. Um, so there's, there's some things in the future that we'll probably have to look at, you know, I mean, we haven't, we haven't even talked about, you know, having second shifts even, you know, right now we're really only doing one during Christmas. We'll do like one and a half shifts or they'll probably work weekends just to keep up. But uh, that's all going to change. And we may end up having two full shifts running. 24 hours. Or eventually 24 hours. Yeah. I mean, it's there's there's just no stopping to the growth that we that's amazing. have in front of us. Yeah, that's amazing. It's super exciting. And it's great for you to, to have been there before it was purchased, to see the growth, see the new location, and, and to continue that. You know, it's, you know, being in the business and around the industry for, you know, you mentioned... 20 years last week that, that's that's a huge huge accomplishment and I think it's also it goes you know a long way to say that you know working someplace for 20 years speaks a lot about the place that you work at right like not a lot of people can say hey I've been here 20 years I love coming in every day and every day is probably different we have a huge challenge ahead of us and we're going somewhere right right most people do 20 years and they're like get me to retirement, you know, yeah. like, but you, you know, just chatting to you, you know, I see the passion in, in, in the things that you talk about and, and the way that this company is moving and, you know, it's, it's great. And you talk about spreading and going to Florida and other States and yeah, it's, uh, you know, the sky's the limit, right? 
Yeah, it, that's really our future. The sky is the limit. And uh, we never did really touch on our team here. I think we did before we started. But uh, this this team here is very much like a family. I mean, they know how to work together. They've been through, we've been through all kinds of different scenarios. I mean, um, they know how to rise up to a challenge and get through it. Yeah. That's awesome. Nothing better than having great work colleagues either. No, it's, we, we can do it without them. Absolutely. Yeah. Great. Well, I can't thank you enough for, for inviting me down here and, and sharing some stories. And um, for people listening, I'll put the link to the Instagram and the website in the description down below. And, um, let us know in in the comments uh, or send us a message what your favorite bedray chocolate is. For me, it is anything salted caramel, um, and I have to say caramel, not caramel, because that I, that's a pet peeve of mine. Uh, but uh, oh, we have caramel. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I don't know. I just get it. People say caramel, and I'm like, it's not caramel. It's caramel. That's how it's spelled. I won't dive into that because we could be here a lot longer. Um, well, we have it either way. We have caramel or we have caramel. Yeah. Is there an actual difference then? No. Exactly. Okay. That's, I'm, I, you could have called thing. me out then. You could have been, no, there is a difference. <laughs> like, oh, really? Okay. Um, yeah. This has been great. Okay. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I mean, congratulations on 20 years. That's a great accomplishment. And uh, hopefully you celebrate with uh, with some personalized uh, chocolate from uh, from the guys, in the guys and girls in the back making you know, stuff that you, people might see on the shelves in five years. Yes. Yeah. Well, we'll definitely have some new stuff in five years. So, yeah. well, thanks for coming down. And yeah, this has been fun. Yeah. You're for, welcome to come down anytime. I need to stop off more now. But mm-hmm. every time I travel to Dallas, I need to stop off and just grab something. Um, yeah, so. we are definitely a stop with a lot of people that are traveling I-35. You know, mm-hmm. we have people that kind of standard come through here every so many months and they say, well, I always stop. Stock up. Yeah. Awesome. Great. For people listening, I'll put the link in the description and we will catch you next episode. Cheers. Hope you guys enjoyed that great episode. Thank you so much for listening. As always, huge shout out to our sponsors, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, sharing Oklahoma story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com and follow them on Instagram for daily updates at Oklahoma HOF. Our other sponsor, the Chickasaw Nation, amazing sponsor they do amazing things for the state and they're always sponsoring something in oklahoma they're a huge supporter of oklahoma and without their support we wouldn't be able to do what we do and our third sponsor is diffie ford lincoln down in el reno now this one makes me so happy because these guys are great friends of mine um play a lot of golf together i've bought my cars from them do most of my oil changes down there, have a cup of coffee, hang out down in El Reno. It's a good spot to go. And not only are they great friends, but they provide a great service. So for over 60 years, a third generation family owned Oklahoma business down in El Reno. They're also in Bethany as well. So people in the Bethany area know the Diffies really well. But if you're looking for anything new used, um, Ford, Lincoln, or whatever, I'm sure they could find anything you want. Um, check them out, DiffieFord.net, and then on Instagram at DiffieFordLincoln. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.